Welcome to P3 Radio. The monkey only dances as good as the guy grinding the organ handle. Give a listen. We're coming for you, baby. <laughs> that was my moment of I carried a watermelon. And uh, you're going to call me back tomorrow or whatever. I mean, you better believe I took my turn a little bit. <laughs> what? Cool story, bro. PG3 Radio. Here's your host, Josh Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, next up we have crying little blind children. Richard Mulliken. I don't know. Is this making any sense to anybody out there? It's showtime! It's showtime! It's showtime! Get your hand off my penis! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of P3 Radio. (laughs) I'm Richard Mulliken, joined by my co-host and best friend, Josh Briley. Say hey, Josh. (laughs) What's up, man? How are you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. We're on episode 66 here today. We got a fucking soundboard. Yeah, we got our soundboard. But, you know, we talked about having that hooked up for the longest time. And I just never did it. And then I lost it for a little while. Like, it was sitting in the uh, setting in my living room somewhere, and it fell under the couch. It was like an old lost remote control. Yeah, just... but like a $250 <laughs> one. Well, it's an older iPad. How um, much did you pay for it? Like... 90 bucks about three years ago. Damn, you must have bought it from a crack dealer. That's a good price. <laughs> well, it's it's an iPad 3, I think. It's third generation. It's like eight years old. But for what we need it to do is, you know, does its job. But I, yeah. I guess as long as you update the software, it's just well, as You good. can't update these anymore. <laughs> well, then we need to trash the damn thing. My computer took your place, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we always talked about having it up. I need to update it. Because the most uh, I thought we couldn't. You just <laughs> no, said no, no, we no. I mean, I, so. I need to update the the audio that is on it because right now the audio that's oh, the on the sound it, snippets. Yeah, the the little sound snippets are like I don't know from like the last, last one that year. I, yeah, <laughs> like a year. La- and a, it yeah. was over a year ago actually. Because yeah. I mean, and I'm going to call me back tomorrow. Whatever. I <laughs> well, that was. Uh, Probably end of November, 1st of December of last yeah. year. Yep. Because so, I was still at my old house. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's probably the last time we, we updated this. So, yeah, I probably need to update this. But, I mean, it's got a lot of cool things on it. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. But, I mean, we'll probably use it this one time and never use it again. <laughs> no, it's going to sit here. I, I, I like it. Yeah, I mean. I really do. I mean, I don't know. The, the funny thing about it. No, here's the most updated one we have. That ain't country. <laughs> we thought we were going to have more callers than what we, <laughs> we ended up getting. Uh, but no, man, we're here today on P3 Radio, and uh, we actually have a big guest calling in later on. Uh, he's a friend of the show. Uh, we've been on his show before, or I've been on his show before. Uh, Josh hasn't, but we've been on it before. <laughs> that means I'm not cool. Uh, we, well, we've promoted the show. Well, I guess we have been on there because... They've, uh, he's replayed our interview with Brian Christopher on his yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So, so essentially I was. So, uh, yeah, Coach BT, uh, Coach Brian Trammell, uh, used to run the Wrestling uh, wrestling Riot online. That's how I got to know him. But he also uh, does his little podcast, too, called Shooting the Shiznit. You can check that out. It's a pretty fun show. And, uh, hey, we're going to have him on a little bit later. I'm going to tell you something. He's one – probably the first one to embrace our show and really try to help us 
you know, get yeah. the word out there. And for that, I'll forever be grateful to him. So we're going to have him calling in after the break. We'll probably go to break, come back, and let him just call in. Because uh, <laughs> that's the way we do radio, you know, or yeah. podcasting. We don't really do radio. I guess uh, we do radio, well, too. Yeah, kind of, but not on this format. No, not on this format. You can't say the things that we say here <laughs> on that radio no. and expect to keep that job. But, Absolutely uh, <laughs> not. But, no, we're going to have him and when we come back. Uh, but, no, I like, man, I tell you, I don't know if it was – because we haven't done this in, like, three weeks or two weeks. Has it been that long? It's been two weeks because huh. uh, we had three built-up shows. Uh, so we, uh, we filmed – or taped, you hate it when I say filmed, we taped our show like about a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago, and at one point I got up, and this is the day we did the commercial outtakes, so I jumped up out of my chair to grab something, and my lower back just pulled. It took ten and a half days. I thought I was going to have to have surgery again. Like, that's how bad it was. I was like, oh, God, this is how I'm going to end up, you know, crippled, you know, just getting up out of a chair. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that, uh, pulling that back muscle and straining and putting that uh, that supreme pain on you is what made our uh, outtakes episode so successful. I mean, it could be because you laugh more when you're like in a stressful situation. Oh, man. Sometimes. I had so much fun doing that episode. <laughs> I did too. And I'm not a mark, but I listened back and I was still cackling like a schoolgirl. I mean, I, I really had fun doing that, and it was kind of a peek behind the curtain. It's probably my favorite episode since Teddy Bear, which I went back and listened to Teddy Bear. I told you about that, the episode 16. You can find it here. Wasn't as impressed with it as I used to be because the audio quality. The yeah. audio quality was horrible. You know, since we got this studio, everything's kind of gotten better. Um, but, yeah, that audio quality was just, just garbage. Well, that, you know, we were still kind of... Well, it was we had two guys hooked up to a laptop with a splitter. Right. <laughs> we couldn't even hear out of the headphones. We just had basically... No, we had two splitters. We had a splitter for the headphones, a splitter for the mic. That shows you how old the, the uh, laptop was. <laughs> it didn't have a dual port. It was just one bit, two big ports, one's for this, one's for that. You got the laptop for your graduation present. Correct? Yeah, I think. It was an old laptop. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like 12, 13 years old, but it did, what, it did well for what we had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, man, I mean, I had probably more fun doing that show than I have in a long time. And I thought it, it followed a show that I wasn't so happy about, which is what you probably going to what you heard last week now. <laughs> so if you're hearing this now, you got duped into listening to that show. I wasn't too happy with it. I was happy with the way it ended. Like when the music came on that said, this is over. <laughs> but <laughs> That's your perception. I, I had big fun that episode. Big fun. Well, I'll tell you what. Without further ado, let's go to the commercial in question. We'll come back. We'll talk to Coach BT here on P3 Radio. And uh, no, no mystery here, Josh. Well, who are we hearing from this week? It is a mystery because I, I don't know. We just talked about c- recording the commercial. Which one? The one we had fun with. We had Christmas cookies. That wasn't it. We had pajamas. That was it. Come on. So, which one are we going to hear from today? PG3 Radio. PG3 Pajamas. <laughs> we could do that. Look. PG3 Radio. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, which one are we hearing from? We're going to go with, uh, well, I, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know the tagline. P3 Sleepy. Oh, P3 Sleepy. Hey, guys. Richard Malkin from P3 Radio here to talk to you about a very important... Wait, Josh, what the hell do you have on? Footy Pajamas. Footy Are you eight? No, but I am cozy and comfortable. And look, I even got an ass flap. You, you missed a button on that, by the way. My bad. But an ass What in the hell could you possibly need an ass flap for? 
for taking a pissless shit. Pissless shit. What if you have to do both like a normal human being? Well, that's why I carry around this mason jar. Or sometimes I go rogue and open that flap up and fold it back and shoot it out the back. Ugh. Do you ever get any on you? Almost always. I go through a hell of a lot of laundry detergent. But if you think that you can handle the complexities of footy pajamas, I encourage you to go to tinyurl.com slash p3sleepy. That's taking me to Big Feet Pajama Company? You are correct. For all your pajama needs. Big Feet Pajama Company. It's Ernie Ladd here, and I'm trying to ask you something. Are you prepared for the Christmas holidays? P3 Radio, Richard Mulligan, Josh Bradley. Are you ready for the Christmas holidays? Have you bought your wives and your children something? Well, i tell you what. I haven't bought them anything yet, but I might go to Edible Gifts Plus by going to our link, tinyurl.com slash p3cookies. They have all the edible gifts for special occasions for holidays. Shop for shop by category if you go to the website and you're just reading right off of it. Uh, they have specialty treats. <laughs> they got NBC cookies. They, they do got, have NBC cookies. They got cookies. Facebook cookies. They, they, they got they, cookies that look like diseases. I'm telling you, they got all kind of Christmas cookies. They have great baskets and corporate gifts. It's basically what you want to do if you want to go there and get a baked good with something personalized on it. If you want to say Merry Christmas on a sugar cookie. You can get that at Edible Gifts Plus by going to tinyurl.com slash p3cookie right now. Save some money for the holidays. Don't go out. Don't spend your gas. Ernie? Definitely don't spend your trans money that you get from all the young boys that's paying you for all the trans from show to show. Now, let me ask you something. If I wanted to get a cookie that said Ernie Ladd on it, do you think I could get one from the ediblegiftsplus.com? I guarantee you could probably do that. I haven't researched too much about this sponsor. But I feel confident that you could, Ernie. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Maybe maybe you should just go to tinyurl.com slash p3cookies, and you might get you a special gift. Maybe Ernie Ladd will come and sign some autographs for you. Go to tinyurl.com slash p3cookies now and say, Happy Holidays with Edible Gifts Plus. Welcome back to more P3 Radio here. Getting ready to have a call-in. By Coach BT. Josh and Rich are still with you. Listening to some Survivor Burning Heart here on P3 Radio. Enjoy. He might call in any second. <laughs> that really just sounds like Eye of the Tiger, does it not? Play marching songs. You know what that sounds like to me? What? Uh oh. That sounds like a. Sounds like BT. Sounds like a phone call coming in. You've got the mouse. You'll have to answer it. Uh, the green one. You got to click the green button, Grandpa. Fuck! It said answer the phone call. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, man, I need to order a large pizza. <laughs> well, you're live right now with us. Well, live to tape. This won't come out for two weeks. Live? Yeah, we don't do I'm... we do not do editing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining the show today, as we said before break, from Wrestling Riot Online from back in the day when I knew him, and till now, shooting the shiznit, Coach BT, man, good to have you on P3 Radio finally. 
Hey, what's up, Richard and Josh? What's going on, guys? Man, we are just sitting here. We honestly haven't been recording too long. We've uh, just talked about a few things, about me being old and my back being all messed up and then finally fixing, and then that was about it. And <laughs> it's been a very entertaining show so far. So we're By God, y'all, y'all, it's my birthday. I yeah. expect a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So we, I expect something special from y'all today. Well, you, so be- I don't know. you beat me to the punch, man. I was going to tell oh, you happy okay. birthday. Uh, but you know, we do have a little birthday tradition here. So if you'll wait, Josh is going to get drunk and talk about George, Eddie George in the, uh, Senate. And <laughs> it's Alex Smith and the house of representatives. Alex Smith. Josh, I, I've got a question for you, Josh. Just Go ahead. The heck of it. You know, last, uh, like three shows ago, but it might be 10 shows ago. Who, who the fuck who knows? knows? We, we really don't keep up uh, at this point. Were you drinking? That's what I want to know. Were you drinking? Are you uh, talking about the show where he was talking about hitting me with a... A wrestling yes, ring, yes, and wanted to go outside and fight <laughs> and shit like that. Josh, what are you drinking? Josh, were you drinking? Uh, I was double fisted at that point. <laughs> so, Good God. I was double fisted one time on Bill Street, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> I mean, it was a two for one special, and those girls had it coming, right? <laughs> exactly. <No. laughs> That's what happens. No, man. Um, Josh got a little overzealous. Like when we talked, I was about extremely it, excited. My friend was in town from Portland. We hadn't and, seen him in six years. Yeah, he was right, right. You know. So yeah, I mean, he. We looked over at him, and it was no exaggeration. He had two cups in his hand, and he he had drank them before. I think the entrance song was over. <laughs> Well, as the show went on, I was like, what the fuck did Josh just say? Oh, no. And it was just more and more. I loved it. Guys, I, I actually, you know, have, uh, I started listening to P3 Radio because you had an interview with somebody. I can't remember who you told me to listen to. And Richard, you know, we've known each other forever. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, when I, and Josh, don't get mad when I say this. <laughs> I thought to myself, God, I like Richard, but I can't stand this guy, Josh. <laughs> My family uh, thought the same thing. Oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> but now it's like the opposite. You know, it's like, well, Richard, shut up. Let Josh talk. No. Uh, <laughs> My family thinks like, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Every time y'all put out a new episode, it, uh, there's another podcast I listen to. It's called Who's Right? Uh, and they talk politics and a bunch of other stuff, which I don't even talk with my best friends. Right. I never talk politics. Uh, and, but I like it's like I'm sitting down with two guys that I've known for absolutely forever, and I just get to be in the conversation and listen to you guys. And that's what it's turned into you guys, and also with the Who's Right podcast. Uh, and I don't contribute because that would be kind of crazy me talking to the podcast, you know, or to my <laughs> iPhone. But but uh, that's the way it is, and it's really. Uh, I think from the if if you guys have just jumped on and, and I, I know there's going to be people that listen to my podcast because I'm going to put it over for them to start listening to this uh, or listen at least to this episode. You really need to jump on about Danny Davis. The yes. Danny Davis interview to now is really what your podcast is about. Now the Red Savine episode is my favorite episode <laughs> ever, uh, and I can't listen to that song anymore at all. Um, yeah, we ruined that but, song for a lot of people. <laughs> uh, well, the the people that heard it, you know, looking back, that thing still gets hits every once in a while. But you know, we don't get a lot of hits uh, per se. But that one and like two or three others, like all of our wrestling interviews, always get the hits that you would think that they would get. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that one is constantly getting love from somebody out there. So private obsession is a jewel. Yeah, for yeah. some reason, you know, I, I love it. Now, is that the movie when y'all did? Yes. yes. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Richard has told me a bunch. Of, when the weekend I was going to do that because I remember that movie. I remember, you know, that was one of those movies you just wanted to watch because there was tit scenes, yes, right? Exactly. I mean, y'all didn't watch them for, you know, for the actual plot or anything. <laughs> no, I mean, if you were watching them for the plot, you were pretty twisted because that was about a guy that kidnaps a woman and <laughs> forces her to watch, like, a video of her speech she made on, like, this SNL type thing. So, well, What's wrong with that? I mean... I don't think there's anything wrong with it, per se. I don't want to offend anybody that's listening. I mean, that is our demo. Hey, for all you kidnappers, we respect you. I mean, yeah, we don't you know. want to offend the kidnappers out there. I want to know how, you know, I know you're supposed to be asking me. No, you're good, man. Why do you, how do you guys get the church, you know, the church people to listen to y'all? Dude, we checked our stats. And, you know, on SoundCloud, it'll tell you, like, what user. So they have to be a certified user. So we're not right. talking about, like, apps or anything that, that listen. We're talking about certified users. We had, like, five or six churches on there. Like, and we're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have to be subject of some kind of material, like, teaching-wise. I mean, or, or somebody's just into their church SoundCloud app and listening to us one way or the other. I mean... It's oh good, yeah, there's no yeah. You're right about that. There's a and you can look. Sometimes I kind of question SoundCloud when it comes to the countries. You know, we're like in Amsterdam, we're number one and shit like that. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yeah, sure, but you know, a people a person gets well. You know this, Richard. They yeah. get an IP address and sometimes they bounce it around just to keep people from knowing that they look at. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. some of those websites that I would never go to, like Pornhub yeah. and YouPorn uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and stuff like that. Now, that's not where I would visit. Well, that's but, why I said we don't want to offend kidnappers. What happened yeah, to there, X, so <laughs> X videos? Really I mean, come on. <laughs> it's really weird that you get, you know, you like you said, you got to get a... Um, you got to get somebody that's registered their name. I, I find podcasts and, and the people that listen to my podcast uh, some of the strangest things, and it was always with the website. You know, I did Wrestling Riot for five years, uh, and until I posted my photo up on the website, I never really got a huge response. But then I would be like somewhere in Dysburg at the mall. Uh, I would be. You know, I, one of the funniest things was I was in Blavo, Arkansas, which a uh, little bitty, t- not too big, not too little, little town. And I'm in Walmart, and there's this big, and I'm saying, I'm not racist, I'm just telling you because I'm <laughs> describing him, okay? This big six-foot-something uh, black state trooper. And uh, he comes up to me, and he says, are you Brian Tremble? And I go, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm brian he goes man i love your website and i'm like oh shit you know i was like uh but you know but, you know you, you go ahead you bring up wrestling right online dude that was one of those guilty pleasures i think everybody in the business had and it was kind of like uh, a dirt sheet it was a dirt sheet kind of you know i guess you it could was. call it that uh but um it was one of those things where i remember even being in the back at uh memphis tv one time and Corey Macklin is yelling at everybody that, why are you feeding this guy this stuff? Why are you telling him stuff? He ain't been in the wrestling business. He done like. What did Corey sound like when he was feeding <laughs> Come on now, Yeah, guys. go ahead and do that. Uh, yeah, come yeah, on, do that damn now, guys. Y'all can't get this damn man. Now, come on. Come on now. I mean, it was Somebody just. Somebody needs to get out here and stop him. Come on. <laughs> He'd ring now. the bell, which we thought was odd. It's like, why is he ringing the bell? We're in a production <laughs> meeting. 
Uh, I've but, actually heard that story. Here's the funny thing about that story, Richard. I've heard that from well, other guys. Well, Chris won't care. Chris O'Neill was one of <laughs> one of the guys that told me that, and a couple of the other guys backstage. The funny thing is, I knew almost every one of y'all backstage, uh, and Corey knew that. But ironically, it was a kid who was like 11 years old that read my uh, website that would send me those results as they were happening. <laughs> and so it was none of the guys in the business. It was this kid. He um, he would send them to me, or he would call me and, like, whisper into this phone. So, hell, <laughs> I, I knew what he was doing. Which is always sounds uh, great if the NSA is out there hearing kids call you whispering. I guess I'm at wrestling <laughs> results. But, yeah, Corey was one of them that really wanted to, wanted to stop what I was doing. But I started the website because – I had kind of been around the business, but then I went through a divorce, a fantastic divorce, guys. Uh, I'm not going to try to bring the program down, but that's one of the best, <laughs> actually one of the best things that happened to me. Uh, I've got a great wife now. I wouldn't have had her if it wasn't for, for the divorce, but I wanted to stay in touch with you, with the business uh, in that area. And Memphis television was still happening. Mm -hmm. It was still a Memphis show. It was weekly. And uh, so I started, my idea was well, no one's ever done uh, a dirt sheet, a kayfabe sheet, a Dave Meltzer of this area. No one's ever done this website. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be Dave Meltzer of this area. I'm going to do stars. I'm going to do, um, I'm going to tell the inside stuff. I'm going to tell what the word kayfabe means, which no one in the world, there was people coming up to me saying that's the first time they'd ever heard <laughs> the word. Uh, but you know, that's what I wanted to do. And we accomplished it. I mean, we, we went in and we we pissed off a lot of people, but you know they would kiss my ass as soon as I walked through the door. It did not <laughs> right. matter. Uh, they would talk about you know who was you was working yep. for when me and you met. Those people fucking hated me. Yep. Um, <laughs> but they they kissed my ass every time. Oh, dude, uh, I was telling Josh about it just a few minutes ago when we were setting up. I said uh, you pretty much ended our tenure with uh, <laughs> the T Wiff guys, uh, mm -hmm. and, and that was because. You came in one night, and they had been talking about you for like two or three weeks about how he's supposed to be coming. And the reason why I think the reason why you came is one of the walkers came down. He left Dyersburg and came to help with, with the. Uh, I book. did. That's what I did. So, yep. so one of the walkers, I think it was Alan, came down. And he's like, "I'm gonna have BT here next week." And I remember Randy uh, and and Wildside both were like, "Oh God, you know," and just. And then, like, the next week when you were there, they were like, oh, he's out there. He's out there. All giddy and stuff. And we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because me and Miles, we, you know, we, Miles was only about a year in the business then. I had been around for a little while, but working with Kevin and them. and um, But we were just like, oh, okay, you know, he's a reporter. And what did us in, I think you, you rated the show, and it was like everybody was just, it was just like, yeah, that looked kind of weak, that looked kind of weak. And then you put us over. And it was like, there's these two big guys. Match wasn't that great, but there was these two big guys that, oh, man, they could really do something. And it was like, from that moment on, we were done. Like, they didn't really want us in the locker room anymore. They, you know, just, and I was like, okay, whatever. You know, we won't work for CDs anymore. I called, uh, I called Derek King on the way. You know this. But yeah. On the way from that show, I called Derek King and I said, look, there's these two big, huge guys uh, if you want to keep them as a tag team, blah, blah, blah. If you don't, 
uh, Miles, but I, you know, my idea was that Miles was a King Kong Bundy type person, right. and you could do the you could do the five count with him and everything because he was bigger than you. I said, but as he a wasn't tag bigger team, than me. <laughs> I know, but he always looked. At, he yeah, was he right. was stronger, wider, and he was bigger, <laughs> but he was he was more massive. We'll say that you didn't defensive about that. No, I mean, uh, he but, is. Kinda... That was the thing. I was always taller than Miles, and everybody was like, "Well, Richard's Gosh, the smaller I'm, guy." Yeah, and I'm like, bad, yeah. "I'm two ninety five, three hundred pounds, six foot." Well, I was six foot, almost four at the time because of my back problems. I'm down to six two, I think. Mm. But he, he's really four foot nine. Yeah, apparently I was World's the midget of the. Midget. I was the midget of the tag team. But go ahead, you were putting over miles. Go ahead. But but to me, you know, you guys were, uh, and it always was like that. Always like that in the area. I would hit a show, uh, and there was, you know, it was a what just horrible shit show. But I would have, to, I reviewed everything, and what made it. What made 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 people mad or made like guy like Alan, Alan knew if I went to the show uh and watched it that I would be honest about it. No matter if it was my friend, no matter I remember Golden Boy and uh, CJ coming through the uh locker room door one night and they were like, Oh man, that was a great match, that was a great match, that was a great match <laughs> and I was like, Ah, it was all right. <laughs> you know, and I mean those two guys, I mean CJ's been my friend outside of the business. We've worked two businesses together. I mean, everything. And then, you know, knowing Golden Boy forever. But they knew that I was, uh, if I was going to rank one of your matches and it was a shit match, you were going to know that, and I was going to tell you it was a shit match. So uh, I went to your show, or that show that you was on, and by guy, if y'all guys hear me pouring something, it really is just sweet tea. Um, oh, I had to drink when I think about TIWF too. Don't worry about it. But yeah, it was. It was <laughs> Josh, where was you? Was you part of? I mean, because I don't. Here's the thing: is that he says you guys have been friends forever, and I remember. Here's how I know you: is Richard had told me that because of Danny, you know, Danny mm-hmm. being yeah. a part of your family and everything. And I remember that, but I don't, was, did you read wrestling riot? Were you at these shows with Richard? I don't know stuff like well, that. No, actually I, I wrestled one TIWF show <laughs> versus Richard as he was transitioning from, uh, what was your name as the Dudley? A man guy? to a woman? Yes. From yeah. a man oh, to a woman? I used to uh, tuck it back the whole time. No, I wrestled. Uh, it was very awkward. Rich. Uh, what was your I name? I was as- wrestling as Ricky Dudley. Yeah, and then um, you went back from oh, that yeah. to Max Corbin or whatever. Yeah. I was the jobber that he beat up. <laughs> so Josh had like little to no wrestling experience, just what he did in the ring at his uncle's uh, training academy in right, Louisville. Right. But I was a fucking teenager. <laughs> right. <know? laughs> so this is how great of a company it was, and I hate just to give him so much promotion here, but they just allowed me to bring a friend in that had no experience and put him in the ring. <laughs> so And I just wow. I, I wanted to wrestle my best friend. Uh, we did actually do some training with Josh later on. And I put the kibosh on that because that was the infamous, uh, night that we were setting at a training facility in Brownsville. And, uh, the first, they were training out of a trapper keeper notebook. And the first move was tie up, collar and elbow tie up. Second one was okay. Move two, power bomb. And I'm like, nope, we're done with this. Yeah, no, no, no. What what irked me the most about that was, you know, at my uncle's, I mean, I spent summers there, at least two different summers, you know, and I had to go 
to the the fucking school and work out with all the guys and stuff and I, you know i knew the right way to do a suplex and all this shit because i remembered i'm a fucking mark you know i mean i remember all that right. shit and they were trying to get you to do a suplex on the right side and i'll just look at richard whenever they say that and i'm, I'm looking like what the hell, man? Yeah, I mean, and and here's the other thing. Watching those tapes back was basically how I had a leg up. Watching your uncle's tapes where you brought them back and it's him training guys. And, I mean, they were doing stuff like uh, with their rookies. They'd have a dummy out there, and they were practicing their stomps. That's how, like, precise and thorough his <laughs> – well, you're looking at, like – Josh's uncle was a trainer for the WWE and one of the I most. I was going to say, what would I compare to? We're talking about fucking Danny Davis, right? He's so, a, so you go you know. from you go from the precision and the and the uh, attention to detail as stomping a, a dummy because you don't want to hurt a to hurt a wrestler to move to powerbomb. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't think this is a good idea. No, it's not. And I remember I was like, no, I think we're going to shut it down and go home. Uh, well, that's, I mean, the thing about it is that I found when I, well, even when I was doing, uh, when I was managing, you know, uh, I had two teams almost all the time where I managed one of them, you know, they were feuding, it was a right squad. And then it was uh King, I don't know if you remember this, but it was David Kincaid and, uh, and CJ, there were total chaos and mm-hmm. there was two guys uh, and I was either, either, or sometimes we'd go into town, let right squad be the baby face, but most of the time they were the heels and then. Uh, it was just the weird stuff that I would I would have my two teams to feud against each other. Not that we didn't want to wrestle anybody else, uh, but we they didn't understand psychology. Uh, they didn't understand, you know, uh, uh, how long you're supposed to go, you know, the heat to last. What right. you're supposed to do. And I got into it with uh, we did a match with a team called Southern Pride. The two guys actually turned into uh, pretty da- steady workers, and they understood the business afterwards. But, but me and one of the guys almost got a fist fight because I said, so, so we were the heels, so I said, time to go home. You know, hot tag, boom, boom, boom. They stayed in the ring for another 12 minutes putting moves on my guys before they pinned them. Wow. And I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Time to you go know, home. Well, then, let me bury your tag team real fast. Hold on. So I, yeah. So I was, you know, I almost said cut them off and put just put them down to the mat because my boys could have done it. But I waited till I got backstage, and I just I was ready to fist fight. I mean, and no one understood why. And I was like, well, I'm done. You know, these guys don't know why I'm mad uh, because they don't understand how to do simple psychology. And I remember I booked in Malden, Missouri, uh, and that's a little town that. There's been tons of Harley race, you name it, like right. uh, big names go through there. And uh, so I'm booking this town and this guy says, well, I want you to come in, blah, blah, blah. So I walk through the door and I don't know none of the wrestlers, but I brought three guys with me, Psycho, uh, which you know, and then uh, the Total Chaos guys, mm-hmm. and CJ was one of them. And I brought those three guys and, and I stood up on a chair so everybody could see me in the dressing room. I said, look, this is my first night. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you guys to do simple psychology. I said, I want, I want the, uh, I want the heels to, uh, to take over and get the heat. And I want y'all to, you know, I don't want you baby faces to die. I said, I, I, blah, blah, blah. But I want all the baby faces to go over and I want you to go over either after the hot tag or after the single matches after the big comeback. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And they all stared at me and I said, 
Now, who didn't understand any of that? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole dressing room did not know idea of what I was talking about. Wow. So I, I and that that to me is what drove me fucking nuts working. Guys that, and you know this, there's people in the southern area and there's probably people all over the country that's been wrestling for thirty years, at least thirty years, and they still don't understand what a high tag or coming in and out of heat or none of that stuff is even about. Uh so it's that's what drove me crazy. And then when I got to I got to get on my website. I was like, well, I can help people. You know, that's in my mind. I'm thinking, yeah, I can help these fuckers. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, none of them never listen. And the idea is there's, you know, I don't don't want to always talk about Trenton's one of those places. Uh, What else is the other place? Uh, Osceola, Arkansas. Mm. Uh, Moondog. um, Those places draw. Mm-hmm. But they may have one or two people, just one or two, that might know what they're doing. And rest of them are just out there. It's like there's no idea what they're doing. It's just move, move, uh, let me body slam you, you know. And uh, they spend money. Those guys go in and get trained, quote, unquote. Uh, and then they just wrestle. Their ASWF does that now. Uh they're in Tuckerman, Arkansas. It's horrible with just having trainees wrestling and stuff. Um, and just, it's just this, that area died when Memphis really quit um, being on TV totally. When mm-hmm. the Memphis show quit, then that's when, you know, my website, I had to, uh, you know, I just decided at that point that I knew it was going to go down the hill until I, if I didn't get any kind of regular television because. There was nothing for guys to do. There's nothing for you to. I mean, you was on Memphis television doing jobs, but that was that was at least something you could think about. You could do right uh, when that ended. There was nothing there. There was no carrot for you guys to try to get to. My favorite thing, and you know, you're you're talking. It's bringing back all these memories. One of my favorite things ever was right after we did our angle with Dell and Kevin, where he had to bring in bodyguards, and he brought me and. Cahill and Alex Crisis and Miles in, uh, we did our little run, and then as soon as it was over, like they just scrapped it. Well, they had put us. We knew how we were going to get booked, depending on who was there. If it was Lawler, we were going to get pushed. If if it was Corey, well, then we were going to get buried. I don't know why, but Corey didn't like us. <laughs> I don't have a clue why. But uh, he was a racist. He was a racist, and y'all were white. So go ahead. Okay. No, I'm just That's you talking. <laughs> but uh, it would always be like you know we knew how we were going to get booked. Well, when we came back after that angle, uh, we were basically in like a little bit of a limbo there. Uh, and we come back after that angle, and Lawler wasn't there for like three tapings. I want to say so. It was like a month and a half. And for that month and a half, we just got just basically ran through the ringer. Uh, You know, a month ago, we were working three times at um, the casino. What is it, Tunica? Uh, The uh, what was it? The there was a casino they ran down there all the time. They had us in three out of like ten matches. They had us on the card, and we went from that to basically jobbing out every week, which was you know okay, you know whatever. But it was I remember Brian uh, Christopher was in the back. And on the card, they had changed our names to the Hurricanes. Yes, I remember that. And Max and Axe, the Hurricanes. And we were like, <laughs> what in the – we're Hurricanes now? We, we, Hurricane seems like something that moves kind of quick and it's, you know, powerful. But what? So they made us the Hurricanes. Well, nobody knew who the Hurricanes were. Too Cool 2 was supposed to beat, up, beat the Hurricanes. Brian Christopher finds out as we're in Gorilla about to go out, he's like, oh, man, y'all are the Hurricanes? 
fuck everything we were going to do. Y'all need to jump them before that because Brian loved us. Brian was right, like, right. Brian was like, oh, we got to protect you guys. Uh, jump them before they get to the ring, guys. So they, he had to. He actually helped save us as much as he could. Uh, but after the while, our, the writing was on the wall, and then I ended up breaking my leg before it folded. So I, I you did that. You did that shit on purpose, didn't you? Yeah. You so I didn't have to job out anymore. I wanted. It sounded like that's what you said. You said, well, before it ended, <laughs> I just broke my leg. Yeah, I was back in the back of the new Daisy with a sledgehammer and a two by four, and I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> But uh, but no, I mean, you brought up something else. You brought up two names there, uh, and I'll add in a third one: uh, C.J. O'Neill and John Michael, who were pitcher. Oh perfect. my God! What uh, a team! What a and so stupid because I I wrote that all the time, but in my mind, those guys. It, how could you look at those three guys and not say there's some money there? Exactly. Uh, they were the fab. They could have been as popular as the fabulous ones. If you go back, and I know people say Stillene. One of my favorite teams is Steve Kern. Uh, you go back and look at their ring work and look at, you know, the Picture Perfect's ring work. They're pretty much similar. I know that's crazy thinking that. But, man, they had they got the biggest pop. I read one of my TV reports when I was going through stuff the other day. By the way, all that Wrestling Riot stuff is still up there. It's at the stspod.club. Uh, it's in the archives of the website. I kept it up. Uh, I was talking about how the the uh, the crowd was hot for them, like screaming. The, yeah. Even to the last day of them getting jobbed out, uh, the girls would all scream in the crowd no matter what which of the three it was. But they had money with those guys. And they would do shit like put Chris with, you know, jobber number 69 against, <laughs> you know. Them other, the other two are, you know, vice versa. It right. was just really nutty. How could you? And then Corey could never get John Michael's name right. <laughs> well, you know, that was the thing. We talked to Derek King earlier in the year. Uh, about TLCW. And I said it was right. crazy because you'd go to Memphis and they're not using Chris O'Neill or he's just not there because he's he stopped going. Uh, and he they're wasting that talent there. Meanwhile, in Ripley, Tennessee, they're bringing him back and we were part of Dustin Starr's uh, like brute squad. So we oh, were like, yeah. we're destroying Derek, we're destroying Stan, and they hit his music. It wasn't even Chris, it was his music. And yep, yep. It, it got such a pop that I thought I had to actually like cover one of my ears because it was so loud. And then when he finally did come back, that roof blew off. And I'm like, if they're booking on that level here in Ripley, Tennessee, and getting this many people in this building, why can't they do that in Memphis? And I was, it just blew my mind. But those guys were over, and man, they could work. And some of my most favorite matches were with those guys. Well, it's just all you know, Memphis wrestling. I. I've always said, if you, have you seen the Memphis Heat documentary? Yes. Have either one of you yep. guys seen that? Have sure you have. seen that, John? I sure have. All right. My favorite, you know, the scene, the last scene of the movie or the whole thing that you come away with is when Jimmy Hart left Memphis Wrestling. That was the end of Memphis Wrestling. Uh, kind of was. It was the end yeah. of beginning to the end. Uh, if you, you guys think about this, the who are who do you think were the two most over guys after Hart left, and let's don't include let's don't include Lawler or Dundee. That that's another era. That's the right. who who was even who was even close to being popular during that time. Afterwards, can you think of a couple guys that you already mentioned? One of them, but, right? Brian but, and Jeff were the two I could think of. That's well, it. Eric, who else? Eric Embry. He was. He was probably no. the most dastardly motherfucker as a heel. He was. He was over you know, with that kind of in that light. But and I guess as far who as else? Like, 
Uh, maybe Sid. Maybe Sid is a heel, but he wasn't I there very long. Not long right, but no one else think about right. that, guys. No one else. And the reason why was that in a in a way this was okay, but in a way it, it, it killed the business in the independent business uh, because Lawler and Dundee were scared. Uh, Vince was taking everybody from them, and they thought the only two guys that would stay in Memphis no matter what was him and Dundee. So the only other two guys that they could push that would never go to WWE, which we know all that's bullshit too because Jeff went. And, <laughs> right. But uh, Jeff and Brian. So Jeff and Brian were given that kind of push that that a bunch of these other young guys should have been given that kind of push. Uh, and then they were the only two guys that even got close to being over. And when I did um, the ratings, the TV ratings for the last uh, version of Memphis Wrestling, which was god-awful, it came on like 11 o'clock at night and had uh, Lawler against a bunch of monsters. Do you remember that? It was like uh, <laughs> Rhythm and against Frank, yeah, Frankenstein and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, the only person getting ratings, Waller's segment would go shoot all the way down. No one cared about Waller. Was Brian Christopher? And even if it was a Brian Christopher video uh, from WWE in you know nineteen forty two, whatever they showed, it was Brian Christopher. And uh, it made me think. You know, here's the guy, probably the the last guy that was ever over, uh, and they still didn't do what they should have done with him. And also with uh, no one, no one could get over on Dundee and Lawler. In another segment, and Dundee was booking this, I know he was because he's really smart about this, was the segment where him and Kevin were were uh, were uh, feuding against each other. Mm-hmm. There was a quarter hour with those guys that was um, the biggest rating quarter hour of all the time I was doing the website for the whole five years was a feud between Kevin and Bill, and they're building it up for a match. Uh, and then they do the match or do whatever, and then you don't, you know, you just kill it because it's Kevin. It's not, you know, I just don't know. I, I love Bill Dundee. Jerry Lawler's always been one of my favorite wrestlers. But at, at any point, if they would have just stepped down and started pushing some of those young guys like you, uh, Pitcher Perfect was one of them. I was so pissed when they put those clown <laughs> um, mask on rude and, and rude and poker face right. and uh, just absolutely pissed off about that because tears two naughty by nature you two guys know who naughty by nature could have got over big time in Memphis Tennessee big yep. time yeah and, and you know what and I always hated this and and people are going to hear this and think that this is a shot and it definitely is not a shot we were cool with just about everybody in the Memphis locker room but there was so many times that we got to looking at each other and going you know what we're six foot three. Six foot two, 300, 350 plus, uh, two guys were monsters, and we're getting pushed. If we were getting pushed half as much as Johnny Dotson was, five seven, hundred and fifty pounds maybe, he was getting pushed to the moon as like this unstoppable monster by Corey. And we were like, if we had half of that push, we would probably be pretty over here. But we didn't have anything like that because I don't know why, but like I said, that's nothing against Johnny. He took the shot that he he was given, and you know he did great with it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was up to yeah. You can't you know um, you can't uh, uh, say anything bad about Johnny. No, about nothing it, but at all. Look at it was Corey, and the thing about it is, uh, and you know people say don't talk bad about the dead. Well, fuck that. Corey was horrible, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
he gave guys uh you know some opportunity and they paid they paid well when you did the big shows uh but just never got you know the big last big feud in Memphis that made money uh was Lawler Funk do you remember the build up where Funk came out of the casket do y'all guys remember that mm-hmm. Yeah I remember uh, that was the that and Corey was part of that Corey was part of the build up um because I think he was feuding with Lawler at the time, and he was bringing in Funk to help him. If I'm right, I don't yeah, know. I'm not yeah. sure, but but that was the buildup. Boom! The biggest, the the last big crowd for Memphis wrestling. But it got in it got in Corey's mind that he was a professional wrestler, and he helped draw that big crowd. And since he drew that one big crowd, it, it wasn't to do with his his uh, being a wrestler or he could do something. He was just part of the angle, an angle that people love. People love to watch Funk and Lawler, and it brought back everything else. But then after that, it was like he was shooting with Coco Ware. He was shooting with just I mean that was the top uh, the top guy. And how can you take your announcer and turn him into the you know to the top heel or baby face and i just uh, never understood that but you guys you know y'all went through a lot of mess when it came to that and and just doing what you're supposed to be doing you know yeah and i mean one more thing about johnny because like i said i don't want people to think that i'm talking trash no, about right, johnny. Uh, yeah, right. one th- you know that was the thing that i was wondering i was like man you know he could be one of the most over baby faces here because of his size he's he's like the underdog like type character you know the smaller exactly. guy that's very strong that comes out like i was just so frustrated with how they were booking him they were booking him like goldberg almost you know he'd go out there and beat somebody twice his size but he was a heel and i'm like you've got a and i watched him tear the house down with Derek king one night at uh in in uh, not louisville but in uh tunica on that same card, they had a tremendous match, and I'm like, man, they are missing so much here because of booking. But and and I found out two more people there while we were talking. The two other people that probably got over, but it kind of goes to your point. PG thirteen, PG thirteen was the right son of Dundee. All, yeah, <laughs> right, right there. But also PG against uh, against Rich and who was they feuding against? Rich and uh, Gil- Doug Gilbert. Gilbert, and that would be Doug the other Gilbert. one, the, the Gilberts. Yeah. The the here we go. It's like uh, Jarrett and Brian Crusher came during that little period. The in between that and Lawler and Funk, the only other uh, thing that drew any money, uh, and Randy Hales booked all that mm-hmm. was the PG thirteen against uh, now Smoky Mountain against um, Memphis was really good. Yes, uh, some good stuff there. But uh, PG thirteen was just uh, probably one of the most underrated tag teams. Uh, not any just in Memphis. I think overall, people just didn't understand how they were, how good they were. Uh, being raised in the business, both guys raised in the business. Uh, Wolfie's dad was a wrestler who, who you didn't really know. They were outlaws. They were part of an outlaw group in, in Nashville area. Uh, Columbus, Columbus or Columbus, uh, Columbia, maybe Columbia, Tennessee. That was like one of the first shows I ever wrestled on, mm-hmm. uh, and I wrestled on the same show as Wolfie's dad. Uh, so these guys knew about the business. They just had the demons. I mean, you know, uh, you still see stuff with, uh, both of those guys still have problems with, uh, substance abuse. I believe Wolfie just got back, uh, for a trip doing that. And that's just one of those things that, you know, it, it knocks on their door all the time. I hate it for them, but probably one of the most underrated tag teams ever. Um, Jamie Dundee story. I know you probably have one, but, uh, <laughs> Jamie was working. Do you guys ever remember? You know, this is part of Continental, and then Ron Fuller had his own promotion. Right. USA. And, uh, 
USA, and you remember uh, Jamie was Bill's uh, manager. Do you guys remember that? He wore that awful uh, uh, purple vest or whatever. <laughs> it was awful. He kind of looked like Informer Snow from. He an- looked like a, a teenager that was supposed to be a wrestler. Yeah, because he was exactly. And they called him. They yelled at him and called him Gumby because it was that that green color. You guys know who Gumby is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm older than you guys. I actually turned 52 today, so I start thinking everyone's so young. And remember, in my day, we <laughs> right. played with Gumby. Our TV didn't have uh, color. <laughs> we didn't have color, uh, but uh, that's so funny. I just mentioned uh, I was in a group of a bunch of young people today, and uh, they were someone said a VHS tape, and I was like, "Do y'all know what VHS are?" <laughs> and then they was like, "Dude, you're not that much older than us." And I was like, hey, "Did you ever have a black and white television?" And they all looked at me like I lost my mind. You know, right. they didn't know what a black. Uh, but who? Oh, Gumby. So I'm at a show in Jonesboro. Uh, Jamie's never debuted in Memphis wrestling. He's there selling gimmicks uh, for his, well, they call it merch is what they call it these days. (laughs) But he's at the gimmicks table selling gimmicks for his dad. And he's just in, you know, normal uh, gear. And no one knows who the hell he is. And so me and three of my friends start chanting, Gumby, Gumby, (laughs) Eddie. And uh, he was, like, really nice, super nice to us after the show. And, uh, just uh, seemed to be, you know, a really nice kid and absolutely love the business. But I hate that. PG-13 was a hell of a team, guys. Just a hell of a team. And, you know, I was really proud of how, you know, over they were getting in ECW whenever they went up there. Because oh. they stuck around a lot longer than I thought they would, you know, just based on their outside reputation and all that. But, I mean, I think Jamie fit right in with that – ECW. He he was almost like a uh, Southern Bubba Ray Dudley with the way he would piss the people off, you know, with his promos and shit before the match. Yeah, one of my uh, Jamie Dundee stories I can't really tell, uh, but I mean I guess I can kind <laughs> Where'd of. Where'd you allude. drop him off at? <laughs> I could kind of allude to this. I love Jamie. I like being in the back. He was always cool with me, but uh, I can't remember who it was. Uh, he was he was simulating doing uh, some something. And this guy comes in and he goes... Simulating doing something. <laughs> Richard, that's... I mean, he was simulating driving a car. Yeah, that, we'll he say that. Simulating. And we'll just say he was simulating driving a car. And okay. one of the guys comes in and goes, is that what y'all used to do in ECW? And he's like, oh, hell, in ECW, we had a line all the way back to here that we don't like we drive. <laughs> and it was like... Damn. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, Jamie was just cool. He he was he would come in and talk to us, just like you know, he he'd been in the business for so long, he didn't have to talk to us like that. But he he was really cool with me whenever I was around him. So, uh, and Wolfie too. Wolfie, uh, me and me and Miles wrestled Wolfie and uh, Brian at a show in uh, Henderson. It's one of my favorite matches because I was wrestling two Memphis legends from when I was a kid, you know. Right. Uh, and that was part of that, you know, mark out moment. You're in the ring with two guys that you watched growing up. I had uh, Jamie Dundee. Some people were fans of his up north somewhere. I think it was in Michigan. And they somehow contacted me for some reason instead of trying to get Jamie. And I had some dealings with getting Jamie <laughs> some shots in Michigan. And uh, I, I really think Jamie went up there and like the first night he really did well. But I think they paid him in advance for three shows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that was a fucking mistake. Uh, no, but, shit. Uh, I, you know, you think about that, that you know, Jamie and um, 
and Brian and and uh, just the thought that the problems that they had behind the scenes and being two you know kids that were grew up in the business as as part of you know I mean the two biggest stars ever in Memphis wrestling or that area. Uh, it's really crazy to think that they had such you know a lot of substance abuse problems and stuff, and that would be a hell of a story. I always think that the story. Uh, this goes all the way back to what I was talking about 20 minutes ago about Memphis Heat. That the story that the documentary should there's a documentary that should be made after that, from the, that point to when Memphis wrestling kind of died completely, because that's how you watch an independent promotion or a uh, one of the old territories just completely die and and how it died uh, by not pushing uh, you know by not pushing anybody. They were scared if they pushed people that. That the, even to the day when, you know, all the guys that worked in Memphis wrestling because of the WWE developmental, right. Kurt Angle, uh, you, know, you know, some of those guys, they wouldn't push. You know what the main event one night in Jonesboro was? It was Randy Hales against Brandon Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> and they had Kurt Angle on the show. Right. And C. Bradley and. Uh, who was the other guys they used to have at the same time? They had a, a monstrous they roster had, uh, at that time. Pete Gass and Pete Gass uh, and the, the Main Street Posse. Uh, yeah, they had uh, – was Ahmed Johnson that, – was that right before he left or right it after? It's not that even right. in the same no, conversation I'm, as that. No, I'm just God saying. Almighty. But, I mean, he was a big guy that WWE called Henry, up later. Mark Henry was there at the yes. time, too. I was at one of – and then they had a um, – they had a shoot fighter there. His name was uh, – I don't know what is, but I said he sucked in the ring real loud and, and, uh, he wanted to kill me, but <laughs> I got into it with Randy Hales that night. Well, I didn't get into it with him and didn't really know I had heat with him until years later because one of the guys that I was friends with, um, was asking me what I thought about the Randy Hales, Brandon Baxter match. Uh, and this was way before there's ever a wrestling ride or anything like that. And I was like, man, that match sucked. Uh, <laughs> but you know. And then Randy, me and Randy had heat for years because I didn't understand why they were pushing Brandon against him uh, instead of pushing the Memphis guys. But mainly the reason why they wouldn't push guys like Kurt and, or the WWE guys was because they were scared at any point that WWE could grab them and take them, you know? Right. I mean, and it's sound logic, too. You want to push the guys you know is going to be there. And if you can push them over the guys that are going to get called up to WWE, you know, it's going to make them even better. It's going to make your guys look even stronger. But, but that I mean, guy's got to be believable. Exactly. I mean, that would be like, you know, are they going to push me? You know, put the BT Express in there against uh, Kurt Angle, and let, let's put the BT. Guys, I want to tell you, I want to say that I was one of the smartest guys in the business, and I predict I predicted Kurt Angle would be a star. Uh, but we're at a show in um, Blah, Arkansas again, a little community. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was like a, what do they call them, RTC, ROTC, little place that they do ROTC at. Uh, and I said that Kurt Angle was not going to be a star, but Sean Stasiak was. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, guys. Uh, I was a wrestling expert. Yeah, you're more of a meat guy. So <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you know, uh, and I know we're bouncing around all over the place here, and we're about to run out of show here. But uh, I wanted to say, um, talking about. I'd be remiss if I didn't have you on the phone and tell you about my favorite story working with Pitcher Perfect. Because, you know, oh, okay. Pitcher right. Perfect was everything we weren't 
we were these big monstrous guys. They were good looking guys with six pack. Well, CJ had a six pack. Um, <laughs> Chris Not was in time, shape. Though. Yeah, yeah. And they, those three guys were. If you, I mean, those three guys were my friends outside the business. Yeah. And, and still talk to. I don't talk to John Michael anymore, but I still talk talk to Chris every once in a while. CJ, me and CJ actually still text back and forth on stupid stuff like. Yep. We're both big <laughs> fans of Survivor. And uh, every time somebody does something stupid on Survivor, we'll text and say, uh, uh, "Man, they would have they would have kicked us off because I would have told that bitch this." You know, I mean, yeah. we're all we're all about Survivor. Did you so, ever yeah. see the uh, CJ Survivor audition tape on Cinemax? It's on YouTube still. If you want to look it up, I'll have to see that. Yeah, yeah. go look, ahead though. I'll, I'll shut up and let you talk. No, you're we fine. Ain't even let- <laughs> no, you're fine. Josh, Josh just counter punches. He's he's doing good. Uh, all right. <laughs> he, he's my, he, honestly though, he knows all about Memphis. He's our Memphis historian here. Uh, I wouldn't be able to interview half the people that we interview in the Memphis territory if it wasn't for him, because he is very knowledgeable about Memphis. So like every time you bring up something about Memphis, he's like, yep, I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, so most of the times I feel lost, but, uh, but no, man, we had, uh, we had a match against CJ and Chris and, uh, and to be honest with you, the reason why I kept going to Ripley, even after Derek left and, uh, the crowds kind of started dwindling was because it was like a weekly hangout with like two of your best friends. Like, so we would go and we would just hang out and laugh and cut up and even John Michael and, you know, all the guys back there, T- TGB, golden boy, uh, Stan loved all those guys, but we had, bu- we had been booked in a feud with Pitcher perfect. It's one of the most fun times I'd ever had because we got along so well, we just clicked and the feud built up into a street fight. And the street fight, you know, me and CJ got color. Uh, it, it was just one of those matches that was just brutal. And, and you know, watched it back a few months ago. It was pretty cool still. But I remember there was this one spot. So I was going to do this spot where I was going to get hit over the head with a bottle. That was how I was going to get color. Uh, but I wasn't going to be a, a man about it and get hit with a real bottle and a bottle break <laughs> over my head. So I had, I had ordered online two glass sugar glass bottles there you go yeah and the first one i tested out at home just to see how it was like and i was like i should have done that but i did it <laughs> and it was like 20 bucks for these two bottles and it wasn't cheap so i had uh, i had actually taken the bottle it looked like a budweiser bottle and broke it over my head i was like, oh man that was easy so i was, I was like okay we're gonna use this so what what i did is i got a label i think like a budweiser label or something and put it on it so it looked like a beer bottle but beforehand we were telling i was telling o'neill i said hey man you're gonna hit me with the bottle just be careful not to grab the bottle and swing it too hard by the neck because it will break i mean it's sugar glass so you're gonna have to hold kind of the the base of the bottle when you swing it and just kind of crack it over my head like an egg he's like, okay yeah 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 well he got into the match and he got a little too excited. And we come to the spot where I take a, a powder outside. I'm on the ground. He looks over under the ramp and he finds a bottle. And he looks at it and he's shaking his head like, yeah, we're going to hit you with this bottle. And the crowd's like, yeah, hit him, hit that fucker with the bottle. So CJ, CJ's over with Miles. They're both down. O'Neill looks, he holds the bottle up in the air and he puts it down by his side and he goes to jerk down to like get a full swing on it. And he's got the neck of the bottle. And as he throws his hand down, the bottle just comes right off the base and just shatters on the ground. He looks at me for two seconds. I'm looking at him like, where's the bottle? I just saw it shatter on the ground. And he dives at me and tries to push my head into the stage. <laughs> it was the damnedest oh, thing. I love that. I love that. I have, 
There's two. Th- I, Josh is going to appreciate this, and I told myself I would tell this real quick because yeah. of him and Danny being his, uh, uh, being part of family. When I first was smartened up to the business, um, there was a guy that sent me a newsletter, and uh, he sent me the Wrestling Observer newsletter, which you guys are probably familiar with. But he sent me these, uh, this list. I mean, this huge list of uh, videotapes. Uh, and this guy would rank his, he was from St. Louis, Missouri, and he would rank all the tag teams, uh, in all the single guys, but he would rank them by their, not the way, you know, we see people on television or who the champion was. It was all, it was the, the kayfabe ratings, I guess the best way you'd say, you know, he'd rank them that way. Uh, I was a huge nightmares mark. I mean, just, I was huge nightmares mark. Uh, always loved mask guys, but they were my favorite tag team. I always thought they were awesome. Uh, and then got that newsletter. And of the top tag teams uh, in the United States, he ranked them. The Nightmares were number one. Goddamn. Uh, and then, yes, and then every guy, there was comments about it. You know, it would be like people were making comments about the Nightmares, and they talked all about the Nightmares and how uh, and how good they were and how awesome that uh, that they were compared to the other tag teams. And I remember talking to Ken about that, uh, about how the, everyone respected him and thought they were. And Ken and Danny had absolutely no idea that was going on, that that people were thinking that this little tag team was one of the best tag teams they'd ever seen. Oh, I can imagine that, man. They were They were kind of that way, you know, but – just looking back, you know, that that's one of my f- favorite tag teams as well. Just because I guess because, you know, I was given the videos and all that kind of stuff, but Right, right. You know, just looking back on for what it was and for how much, you know, juice you squeeze out of the lemon. One of my favorite feuds of all time is the Nightmares versus Johnny and Tommy Rich oh, from Continental. I hope I was- that yes, that that yes. because I'm serious. They got the most maximization out of the squeeze in the lemon. You know what I mean? That that I mean. How long did that run? Six months at least. I I don't know, but it was so hot back then, and it was you know one of those things where that's what the fans wanted to see, and they just kept going to it. But they just always had good chemistry with it. Johnny Rich. No one ever thought, you know, wanted to try to use him in Memphis. Uh, his gimmick in Memphis was Roy Rogers. That was his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he went down as Tommy's cousin or whatever he was, a brother. Uh, just excellent feud. And, and the, when they turned babyface with the – did they lose their mask and then turn baby face and then put the makeup on? Is that how that worked? I can't remember. As soon as they lost the mask, that's when they started painting the stars or whatever. But uh, they left, came back to Memphis in 86 and was healing there. And that's when they were spray painting their hair because the riches had made them lose in a uh, spray paint your fucking hair match or whatever. <laughs> that was how it was built. Right. And yeah, ex- yeah. And they had the. Come paint. on down to the big one expos and uh, spray paint your fucking hair. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. They, they had the pink and the blue and the yellow and the green hair. And I, I was four years old at the time, but I specifically remember my grandfather, my uncle's dad, at that point, you know, in Christmas, whenever he came back in 86. And he just, or uh, 85, my bad. And he looked at his hair. What the hell have you done to your hair? 
Yeah. That was your grandfather? Yeah. Do the voice. Come on, I miss hey, it. Hey, uh, Danny, what the hell do you do to your hair now? <laughs> Josh's grandfather was awesome because he had like a Cajun accent, but I don't think he was ever from No, New he'd Orleans. never been to Louisiana. <laughs> oh. I love Josh's grandfather. But hey, man, I tell you what, we've had you on the phone for almost an hour here. Uh, oh, we haven't even talked about your podcast. You want to tell people how they can get it and some of the things that you talk about on your show? Man, we do a little – we do – See, I do the regular shooting the shiznit, which is a, a show where I bring people on I've never known, uh, and we bullshit or people I've known forever in the wrestling business. I've had, you know, my main thing is I'm not really, I don't have to have these big, huge stars. I know you, you always bragging about how some <laughs> Olympic gold medalist horse shit on two here, time, two know? time I, Olympic gold medalist. Thank uh, you. Okay, my Summer bad, Sanders. my bad. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, we I've had Jeff Jarrett. I've had, but my, a lot of the guys. Oh, that rub it in, rub yeah, it yeah, in. Yeah. I've been trying uh, to get Jeff for a year straight now. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but but it is guys. Most of the time, it is. You know, when it comes to guys like Jeff, I've known Jeff since he started. So it's not like he's somebody you know, uh, big deal. Not it's a big deal to wrestling, but not a big deal to me. Does that make any sense? It does. Uh, totally. But, I mean, uh, maybe I should sell it like this. Hey, Jeff, you're not a big deal. Can you do my podcast? <laughs> you say, tell Jeff he's not a big deal to me. Okay. To BT. And maybe yeah. he'll, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I seen Jeff at StarCast, by the way, and it was so, uh, I hadn't seen Dave Meltzer in like 30 years uh, and had not really seen Jeff in person and, and since he left to go to WWE. Uh, and as soon as we got where I could talk to Dave, Jeff was standing to the back, and Jeff said, "Get him out of here. He's a kayfabe sheet guy. He's a kayfabe <laughs> sheet guy. That Brian Trammell." And uh, so, still, Jeff's a super nice guy. Yeah. But uh, Jeff Jarrett, and then I have guys. You know, I had one guy on the show that I seen that Dustin uh, Dustin Runnels or Goldust was making fun of his gear. So I brought him on. Hey, man, this guy's you know. Uh, or I see some guy that went to ROH and, and worked. Uh, you know, worked one of their shows, uh, one of the Ring of, not the Ring of Honor, but whether they call it something of honor, it's it's the young guys that come in and try out. So I, the thing about my podcast was I actually was not going to do a wrestling podcast. Uh, I was just going to do a podcast where I was shooting the shit with somebody in my life. Like, I wanted to interview one of my all-time, you know, best friends. Like, you got Josh here. That's yeah. what y'all do. Uh, I wanted to do one of, like, my Sunday school teacher and stuff like that. <laughs> then I started thinking... You know, it's going to run out of people, and I've been around wrestling forever. Uh, I'll keep with the wrestling thing. So we do the Shooting Shiznit show, what I call the the flagship show. Then we do what's called a Cool Kids Countdown, and we pick ten things. We, uh, we've we done ten reasons why um, you uh, should watch Impact Wrestling now. Uh, top ten entrances of all time. Halloween, we did the top ten monsters. Uh, episode 69. That's right, episode sixty nine, <laughs> folks. We do the top ten hot chicks. Uh, you know, we we try to be just as uh, just as bad as you can be on that. Uh, and we're not politically. You know, Lance and me do that. And we're just not politically correct sometimes, and don't give a shit. So um, then I do a program with Gene Jackson. I think you're familiar with Gene. Yeah. Uh, Gene's the guy from Alabama who did some independent wrestling and announcing. Uh, it's called Was It Really That Good? And you know how we talk about Memphis wrestling being fantastic or continental or blah blah blah. When you go back and watch it. Was it really that good? So we go back and watch a, 
a show and, and decide. We've had you on it and do what we call probe the pod. I do that. I mm-hmm. quit doing it because I can't find anyone else to to come on. But <laughs> but it's just um, we killed the town, Josh. <laughs> we killed. <laughs> I do eight shows or nine shows. We do a show on Tuesday and a show on Thursday. Well, you're out by Tuesday by midnight, and a new episode's out by Friday. Uh, 10 a.m. and we the thing that I've learned from the success that we've had is because of I've had the Wrestling Riot website. I've had all these friends that I have because of wrestling, uh, and also because of uh, I know this sounds crazy, but there's so many wrestling uh, podcasts, and I think I kind of started when everybody started listening to them again. So we kind of got mixed up with. Uh, with maybe not as you know, we get maybe uh, you know a drop of what uh, a Bruce Pritchard and those guys get. But we went to Starcast, and you know, one person. I know this is crazy, but all of the eleven thousand people that went through Starcast, the the we actually had someone come up to us and say, "Hey, you guys do shooting assistant," and we're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> somebody knows who we are." But but it's. The wrestling podcast is so thick right now, yeah. and everybody. There's some that start up every day, um, and but it's having that audience. I, I try thirty minutes uh, to forty minutes, and then have it as a supplement to all the other the big ones. Uh, but we have just a good time, and, and been we take off time during Christmas and stuff like that. Right now, we're having. If you air this in November, we're having ECW month. Mm-hmm. Every episode is going to be about ACW. We have people from ECW. We had Jazz. Uh, I got other people coming on to talk about, you know, the first day they met Paul Heyman and stuff like that. Uh, and we got a huge giveaway. We're giving away DVDs, autographs, uh, uh, a month's supply of Spunk Lube. I know, Josh, <laughs> I know you want to win that. Uh, That's, here's the fun thing. How would you know? My sponsors are SpunkLube.com and BlueChew.com. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you want to have sex, you listen to Shooting a Shiznit, and we'll teach you how, you know, to win free or something. So, <laughs> I thought you were uh, going to say, we'll or, teach you how to have sex. Or just to be really chafed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 guys. Not with SpunkLube. Oh. You don't get that. Oh, no. Anti-chafing, uh, hey, buddy, there. I got samples. I'll send it to you. Hey, guys. there we go. go. I'll send you my address <laughs> off air. Uh, but no, Josh, uh, hold on before you drop me <laughs> off. I got something to tell Josh. Go we went the whole show, and I did not, and I hate this, Josh. I hate it. I apologize. I didn't get to talk about your dad's penis. Ah. Uh, oh, man. I, 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 I want to tell you just real quick. My wife said the other night, and this is this goes, and I, I, I thought about you, and I know, you know, my wife's, <laughs> my wife's talking, and I think about you, Josh. But oh, she thank says, you so much. She says, she says you know, I don't think I've ever seen an uncircumcised penis. And um, well, that's what Google's for. That's what she says. That's what she says. And so you know the the wife and I look at her and 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 it. I'm talking y'all split second without even saying anything. I said, "Well, I have my dad's." <laughs> and then all I can say. <laughs> now, how awkward is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then all I could think about is Josh. I was a, well, that's not a, as good. I don't have a real good story with it. It's just I remember seeing it as a kid. But but then all I could think about was Josh. You know, and my wife, she didn't even say anything. She didn't even put it over. She just kept talking. She was like, "Yeah." <laughs> don't I, that you make know, you but, feel but, like a piece of shit? I mean, because because I've told my old lady, you know, everything I've said on this podcast. She's like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, what are we gonna get at the grocery store? <laughs> hey, I, I knew you were no, fucked think, up when I said I do. You know, let's just do this. <laughs> My wife has been. I want to tell you, if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear commercials for Spunk Lube. You'll hear commercials for Blue Chew, uh, and the wife is doing them. Uh, great you know, reading voice, by the way. She has a great radio <laughs> she voice. Is, she's awesome, uh, and she puts over everything that I do and, su- and supports it. Uh, but I do know that she's sitting there listening to me for you know for like twenty to thirty minutes, and I'm talking about that podcast and how many downloads we got and blah blah blah. And then uh, the next thing you know, is, you know, we're talking about something else. But she hasn't really listened to anything I said. <laughs> but but uh, but she's real supportive of it. She's you know she likes it that we're doing something we like to do. Uh, and, and have fun doing it. And it's fun, you know, we're, the thing about it is, is you, you're you going to lose a little money getting started doing something like yeah. this, but it's fun to have sponsors to help you out. But, uh, guys, I've had a great time. Yeah. I believe we could have done about three hours. Yeah, hey, definitely. we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up right now, guys. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, speaking uh, of Blue hey, Tube, we're going to wrap it up. Let's do this. Hey, we're going to wrap it up right now. This is the end of the show. I want to remind you, same back time, same back channel, <laughs> on the best little wrestling podcast in the business so so hey, can can we do that's ours now <laughs> yeah <laughs> no. My bad. no man uh i will say one last thing uh i think the overabundance of wrestling podcasts have really been the reason why we've been forced to talk about josh's dad's dick so <laughs> it really has with that said man everybody listening right now in europe and southeast asia all of our listeners uh, check out BT's show. It's really fun. I've been on it. Josh hasn't been on it yet live, but I'm sure that'll change because BT's being more of a fan of him uh, now. So, <laughs> no, but it, great shows. Listen to them. Uh, they're there to listen to. Josh, on... I'm sorry, but, you know, you are the star of this show. Yes, hey, I, know you know hey, I know that. I know that. I know I'm the shits until you get to know me. <laughs> and, and then, you Didn't know, you think I kind of grow on you. Yeah. That's why I hang around at all my jobs for as long as I do. It's like a tumor. It's like <laughs> a tumor. For the life. Well, see, that was with me when I first listened to a couple of them. I was like, well, he's his best friend. I, you know, that's really keeps him proud. Uh, but then the Danny Davis episode is one of those where you can, uh, you know, I really heard you, that being, you know, you're part of your family and everything, and you know in the business like you did. And then, like I said, I think the episodes where y'all got away from uh, yeah. uh, wrestling and y'all just sitting around bullshitting has made me that you just uh, – I hate saying fan because it, sound, it sounds like we're marking out for each other. But, you know, it really is. I, I kind of marked out for you guys. I enjoy it. Uh, it makes me think that, uh, you know, two of my friends are coming over and I'll get to listen to them. And, and, uh, and I don't, you know – I said I don't, but sometimes I do cuss at you guys. So, um, <laughs> well, that's either way. It's a I, huge compliment, man. To, we, to just we really we do appreciate more, it. If, if we had more time, and I know we don't, but I would explain to y'all why when you take a bicycle seat off that it's real rough. You know, y'all asked about that a couple episodes back, but but uh, but I, I've got the secret to that, and I. You know, uh, I can't tell you this time, maybe the second time you bring us on. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have you back on. Go check out his podcast. BT, man, good to have you on P3 Radio. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. 
Well, the sound of that music means we have reached the end of another episode of P3 Radio. And if you want to find us on Facebook, how can they do that, Richard? Just type in Pop Poncho on Facebook, and you can go to YouTube and type in P3 Radio, or on Twitter, at P3 Radio 1. Or you can go to our number, 731-300-6675. Yes, 731-300-MORK. Yeah, physically go to our number. Don't dial that in, don't text it, don't do anything. Physically go there. Go to it. Yes. And we will see you next week here on P3 Radio for Josh Brawley. I'm Richard Mulligan saying good night.